2: Here we go! It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. So glad to be here with you. I am Dan Day. You can follow me on Twitter, at dan day radio. I'm also glad I didn't have to get up at 4 o'clock this morning. Lately, I've been working really early here at the radio station. Not as early today. Still kind of got up early, but coffee, it does work wonders. So I'm energized and ready to bring some of the best to you. And I've got some of the best Joe Rose show. going to take a stroll down memory lane with former Dolphin quarterback Don Strzok. Dan Labotard, once again joined by Tiger Kings, Doc Antle, then Hawk and Crowder. They got some Coach O's, some MC Hammer, and maybe millions and millions of dollars lost. Right now, let's make millions and millions of dollars with headlines. Actually, you're not going to make probably any money listening to this, neither will I, saying it, but nonetheless, got to give you your headlines, enrich you, your mind, your spirit for millions, worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. There we go. That's better. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi claims that despite several well-documented injuries to Tua Valoa, there are at least two wrist injuries that were never reported, plus he failed one team's. Physical. The injuries were said to occur during the QB's time at Alabama, and the NFL team was not disclosed. Tyler Hero's Snapchat was hacked yesterday. Hackers posted a risque picture of a girl eating a donut on the guard's page. Hero has since reclaimed his account. Marlon's owner Derek Jeter says he does not know when the MLB season will begin, but when it does, the team will be ready. Panthers have signed Cole Schwent to a three-year entry-level deal. The 18-year-old center was drafted by Florida last year. Former Rams players Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews are claiming on Twitter that the organization is behind on payments of money owed to them. Both players were cut from the team recently. The Rams declined to comment. LeBron James says that if the NBA were to shut things down this year, it would be hard to accept an incomplete ending to the season. LeBron and the Lakers currently have the best record in the Western Conference. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Two men in Idaho teamed up to break the world record for most tennis balls caught in a basket in one minute. I would say coronavirus must really have them bored, but then again, they live in Idaho, So it's probably normal life. The sex toy industry has nearly doubled in Great Britain since the coronavirus lockdown. Social distancing claims another winner. A woman on Instagram claims that she pretends her husband's farts are really her phone vibrating to stay sane while being locked down due to this pandemic. Farts as vibrating phones. Yeah, that'll keep you sane. Bakers in Finland have begun baking cakes in the shape of toilet paper. Remember, cake toilet paper, not a substitute for real toilet paper, and real toilet paper, not a substitute for cake. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Partly cloudy skies, temperatures in the mid-80s. Got some hot Joe Rose for you right now. They're taking a stroll down memory lane with former Dolphin quarterback Don Strzok, what do they talk about? Well, senior citizen shopping, which is very important these days. Dolphins' QB legacy. Drew Brees did not pass the Dolphins' physical, so what does that mean for Tua and his physical? What to do with the Rosen one? Did Kellen Winslow really need to be carried off that field after that historic game? Mm-hmm. And we'll just continue to stroll down memory lane.
3: It's story time, folks. Don Strock gonna join us right now. I'm gonna sit back, light up a cigarette, and listen to these two guys
0: talk for the next couple <laughs> minutes. That's it.
3: Doker, good morning. How you doing?
4: Toker Mojo, I'm doing great, buddy. How
3: are you? <laughs> Man, we're we're all hanging in there and uh, you did something yesterday that my wife and I, and my wife's Marga's not quite to 60, and she goes, look, at there's some places now that you're 60 that we can get in and get that early shopping done. Um, you're part of that. What was it like yesterday when you went in there? Is there a lot less people? When
4: uh- Oh, my God. It, it's unbelievable. I, I, I went to BJ's over in Pembroke Pines, and uh, there were maybe 15 people in the store. You line up wow. with your car, you go in, they wait from 8 till 9. It's just Senior citizen. So you go in and get paper towels, toilet paper, whatever. I was out of there in 15 minutes.
3: Stroker, man. Wow. Being a senior citizen, I like this, man. I don't have a pro- that They check IDs on that stuff. Are they good or no?
4: You dye your hair, okay? So they, they looked at my <laughs> hair. They, they looked at my hair and said, come on in. You can come back anytime <laughs> you want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the biggest question I
3: have once I get back to work, is it dark dark brown or jet black? That's all I got to decide from day to day. If I want to put a little red in that bad boy, that's that's all I have to worry about. There's put, no a little,
4: uh, put a little blonde twinge in the front, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Stroker. We talk a lot. I, I was talking this morning to guys. I go, you know, all this quarterback talk that the Dolphins have had now for almost 20 years. It's been almost 20 years, no matter who the head coach is and general manager, and I go, I told these guys ago, I got spoiled, man. It was, when this thing started, it was greasy and moral. Don Strzok. Don cleaned up David Woodley's messes to a Super Bowl. And then it was Dan Marino. And then when those guys, Bob and, and Dan, got hurt, we had, like, the best backup quarterbacks. Like, we never missed a beat. We never lost games. You don't have to change your offense. You just keep going. I guess we kind of took that for granted, Don. We got spoiled for damn near 40 years.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh... You know, the system was always in place. You know, you had the same head coach, obviously, for years. That's why I held out of camp all the time, because they weren't going to teach me anything new. So I figured uh, I I might as well hold out and try to get... See, they're holding out now for, like, millions and zillions. I held out for $5,000, you know? So, I mean, the times have certainly changed, but they've tried so many different ways to change the quarterback position. You know, it's... uh, In my mind, when they, they brought in Ryan Tannehill... I saw Ryan Tannehill play wide receiver against the University of Miami at Texas A and M with Mark Dennard. Next thing I know, in the second half, he's playing quarterback. You know, I said, "Well, that's yeah. not a guy that was honed into being a quarterback completely." He had a great year last year. Don't get me wrong, and he cashed in on it. And God bless him and his family. But uh, this coming draft, which is going to be very unique in its own way, Tua. Okay, you know, tank for Tua, whatever that was, they were printing. <laughs> uh, if he if he if he wasn't injured yeah. we wouldn't gonna be talking about this okay I mean here's a guy that he's th- completing over seventy percent of his passes, okay, and they throw the ball downfield at Alabama just make sure you understand that and I know he had great talent at receiver and a lot of those guys will be going in the first round this year you know look at a guy like Justin Herbert at Oregon I watched several games you know at later in the year when they were showing him you know early in the evening I think eight of the first ten passes you threw in one game were bubble screens if you're not completing eight of those ten, <laughs> your yeah. percentage is not going to be that high. The, the numbers are inflated a little bit. And some of the games that, and I just want to get into these two guys, okay? Two of showed up and played the LSUs and the and the Georgias and uh, you, and, you, and South Carolina. I mean, you name it. I mean, they're playing in the SEC, which is, I think you will agree and Zach will agree that they're, that's probably one of the better conferences in the, in the country, if not the best. And he's t- he's towing the line against these guys every day, you know, So and completing 70-plus percent of his passes and, and whatever. Good scrambler the whole nine yards. I mean, I know he's not the tallest guy, but he has great vision downfield. And then to see Herbert, Justin Herbert, plays in a couple games, the in an Auburn game, very first one of the year. It was a big national game and everything, and he had an opportunity to put it away and didn't. Then he played Arizona State and had an opportunity to put it away and didn't. So sometimes in big games, I know in the Rose Bowl, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't fumble with two minutes to go in the game, they don't win the game. You know, and he rushed for three touchdowns. But I don't think we're looking for a rushing quarterback. You know, to take over for for uh, what position Dan Marino had uh, uh, iconized years ago. So,
3: so let me wait, ask. Wait, wait, I gotta ask, yeah. Stroker, this. So, Don, if you're if you're the GM of the Dolphins and Burrow goes one like we all think, and a couple defensive players go two, three, four, boom, you're at five. You have your
0: chance right now of Herbert, Tua, or Love. Who do you pick?
4: Uh, well, I th- well, what was really is hurt Tua is is the fact that he can't come in and have a physical by your guys. Okay. Right. But then again, let's not make this mistake again. Now, Drew Brees came in and did not pass our physical, but he passed the physical for the New Orleans Saints, and we saw how that worked out. Uh, are Are you planning on Tua coming in and playing right away? Are you planning on Justin Herbert coming in and playing right away? Are you planning on Love coming in and playing right away? No, probably not, okay? I think you have a guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick that'll get you to the trough. I don't know how much you'll be able to drink. He's been a fill-in guy for many teams, eight different teams, obviously, and, and, uh, and he's, a, he's a good leader and guys like him and they play for him, but if, you're, if we're halfway through the season and the guy that they take isn't playing, then they've made a mistake. You know, he, the guy should learn the system at a certain period of time, and if he's ready to go, go. Unless they think they're in the hunt to win the Super Bowl, which I'm not sure they will be. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have to get him in and play football in the National Football League. Listen, I can tell you from experience. Uh, I came in, I was drafted the year after the team was undefeated, and I came into practice, and they'd line up and, with Jake Scott, Dick Anderson, Tim Foley and all those guys, Nick Bonacani, you know, you name it. And they'd line up in a coverage, and by the time I took the snap, it had changed twice. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, don't, think, don't think that, you know, what you see is what you get. In college, a lot of times, you do, okay? Uh, remember now, you're not going to class. You're not uh, on the meal plan uh, with your football team. You're not not someone waking everybody up and saying, "Okay, you got to go to breakfast." No, you're down here actually living and making a living, playing a sport. You know, so it's a lot of things change.
3: Hey, uh, stroke. What's your take on Josh Rosen? We we always talk about all this stuff, and there's a 23 year old guy that played a little bit and then spent a year on the bench. What do you do with Josh Rosen?
4: Well, I don't think you do anything with him right now. I mean, you've got a guy that's going into his 15th or 16th year. They probably may hang it up sooner than later. you got a guy that was the number one pick in the draft who you liked when he first came out, but you didn't like him at number 10. Okay, so if he had gone to 13 where the Dolphins were, would they have taken him? You know, that's a good question. Uh, There was talk about that, but the guy has talent. Understand now, when he was in Arizona the first year, he had two offensive coordinators his very first year. Quarterback carousel out there, I don't know how many played, you know, whatever. And he didn't have the greatest overall team makeup you know as far as victories were concerned but this guy's still young and he still has you know an opportunity i would not throw him in a trash can just yet to be honest with you
3: he uh, it's funny you said that because he's got some talent I, I think we saw at times not sure he saw everything and obviously he didn't do something because they said all right we've seen enough we're, we're going to shut him down but made some some nice throws and you know everybody talks about his personality is a little bit different hell we had David Woodley his personality was (laughs) was a little different god bless him you know uh, again because David would be laughing and knowing that he's a little different guy hey can I take you back and we were doing the whole Woodstock thing talk about Uh the way you were and then David Woodley I I I just always what was it like for you
4: (laughs) well you know it was uh I, no, no matter who it was, you know, uh, in the quarterback room, I, I would, if I had something to say and it was worthwhile, I'd say it. And, you know, and I talked to David about coverages and what what we can do against that and whatever. And, and you know him as well as anyone. You're his roommate. If he decided to do it his way, he'd do it his way. You know, and, and we were totally different in the fact that if you came to me and asked me a question, how do you want me to work on this guy? I'd give you an answer, you know, as you know. And, and uh, sometimes not what you want to hear, but you get an answer. Right, right. And, 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 and uh, You didn't get anything because I don't know that a lot of people were sure that he knew what the hell he was doing. Uh, I mean, I'm just being as blunt as I could possibly be. Keep, Keep in mind, in the one year, our quarterback coach was Bob Greasy. And uh, he would become so frustrated. You remember Bob was so meticulous and whatever. I mean, he was. So, he would come to me and go, "What is the deal here?" i would going go like, "Hey, listen, Bob. I still, I still put my helmet on and play, okay?" So I mean, I, you know, you, you, I think you figured it out already. You know, I remember we were in a meeting and he said, hey, "You guys have any questions?" And, and uh, Bob said, "Well, I know you don't, David, because you'll probably do it your, the way you want to do it anyway." You know, so I said, "Well, that, that pretty well that pretty well uh, you know, answered everybody." questions, you know, and, and it got to the, the to the point where the Woodstock thing was was not difficult for him, you know, because I was also still helping call plays, you know, on the sideline for him, knowing what he did best. And if it wasn't working, then I was put in and called my own plays, right. you know, so it was, uh, and it worked, you know, Which believe it or not, might. it worked. And, uh, but there were times that, you know, I never knew when I'd be, be going in a game. Sometimes I'd be first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. You never knew. Did my own game plans and whatever, and I knew what I would, I would do against someone if I was in there. If the plays were run and uh, they didn't kind of, they didn't work, but I scratched them immediately and uh, went to plan B. And, uh, and I think that's how we had some success.
3: Stroking the uh, the game of the 80s. I mean, we are getting our butt kicked. Nothing's working. Their kick the ball would drop between the kickoff return guys. they get it. They were returning kicks. I mean, it looked like we were going to get blown out in the playoffs and uh, he took David out. W- what is your mindset? I mean, you know we're so far down. I guess, are, is it like, Coach, uh, I'm going with this game plan because this is basically going to be a, a two-minute drill the rest of this football game. What was your mindset going into that game down so much?
4: Well, I, I – I'm surprised that we waited that long, okay, to make the change because there wasn't a whole lot going good. We had a, you know, Wes Chandler returned a punt against us for a touchdown. We didn't field a kickoff. And we're talking about the San Diego Chargers with Chuck Muncie, Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, West Chandler. We're not talking about a bunch of slouches here now. No. You know, and you're down twenty-four nothing, and you're thinking we have to score forty to win. The defense, you know, t- down twenty-four nothing. The defense did a tremendous job against these guys. I mean, nobody stopped these guys all year, and I, I always say that every time I talk about the game itself. My point being was okay. It's twenty four nothing. Let's try to get a, a couple points before halftime and see what we can do but at that point. And uh, we did, you know. And obviously the the flea flicker, you know, the circle, curl lateral at the end of the half. I, how they fell for that, I'll never figure that out because every <laughs> every every junior high school team has that in the books, you know. So so the only the only question was Coach Shula brought it up, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know. We got five or six seconds to half and. I can't throw a, a quick out to the sideline because not enough time to get in and kick a field goal. So just I said, we got to do it to the right side because that guy's more—he's he, more tough. You know, he more—he wants to come up and make the hit, and you know, he's more aggressive. And we did it, and uh, and it worked to perfection. And I'll tell you. I've been in a lot of games where it was loud, but it was never any louder than that. You know, that with I mean, and uh, I know you remember at halftime we couldn't even hear in the locker room, you know, that the people were still going nuts, you know, and... Uh, you know, it's a shame that we didn't win the football game, but uh you know, we actually went ahead in the game, believe it or not. And uh but it was it was uh, it was a classic, no doubt about it.
3: Man, what a what a great game that was. Stroke people are still blown away, my young guys on this show. Wait, Joe, can I ask a question here? Don, yeah. do you believe that Kellen Winslow really needed to be carried off the field that day? Because every time I see that I figure to myself all these big guys out there, these tough guys playing football, and this guy got's going to be carried off the field. I don't want to get you in trouble little, with Keller
0: uh, Winslow, but do you think he needed to be carried off?
4: Well, Keller Winslow was a, was a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong here now. But, uh, I mean, there were a few guys that could have been carried off that field. Did he need to be? I, only he knows that, you know. I mean, it was it was pretty dramatic, you know, to, to say the least. But, uh, but uh, you know, it, it, uh, it was a hot, humid day in South Florida. I can tell you that we had a lot of tired offensive linemen. We ran a lot of plays. We threw a lot of passes. The receivers were tired. I mean, the, the whole group was tired, you know. So, you know, it, so there were some guys that made plays there that uh, were remembered for a long time.
3: No, that game lasts forever. It's It's been great. Stroke, everybody's still blown away with, especially when you watch the old, highlights of stuff the amount of guys that smoke cigarettes before games at halftime yep. and after <laughs> after games right. if secondary smoke's gonna kill us i'm living on borrowed time right now my man i just i want to let you know like who borrowed the most cigarettes from you like at halftime who would be the one guy that like stroke where's your cigarettes who would it be uh, I don't know.
4: Sopper, maybe.
3: You know, I think uh, Bruce, yeah. I think
4: that's know, Bruce, Bruce Hardy, maybe. Whatever. I mean, when I first came in the league in 73, I'd say three-quarters of the guys in the locker room smoked. And, you know, before they went out for kickoff, or whatever, they were just putting them out. You know, so uh, it, was, uh, and it was, you know, it was chewing tobacco, it was dip, and. You know, I mean, Bill Stanfield, to me was one of the most unbelievable people, and a good guy too, by the way, and a hell of a player. I saw him one time; he, he was smoking a camel, he had a chew in, a dip, and drinking chocolate milk. Now, you you put that all together, wow. buddy you better have a you better have a, an iron cast stomach. Okay, I can tell oh, you that right now. God. Sounds like me during the. I mean, the it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was. Remember now, these guys—three quarters of my teammates—when the season was over, they went back home and were substitute teachers. You know, worked for the fire department. Worked, they had a job. You know, they, they weren't making twenty thousand dollars a year. You know, so you know, it was a glorious life. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of guys didn't make a lot of money. I remember—I think it was uh, Zonkers. Those guys were—they they held out for to make fifty-five thousand dollars. I was going like, wow. I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, I wonder if he'll get that. And so they, they they ended up they ended up paying him that, whatever, and then they felt like they were robbed or something. This is a guy, one of the toughest guys you've ever seen in a football uniform, you know, in Hall of Fame. And he had to he had to hold out the whole nine yards to make fifty five thousand dollars. I thought that was quite unique. And I and if I remember correctly, Bob Greasy was the highest paid guy on the team at like a uh, hundred one hundred and ten, or something like that. I mean, it was really. You look at it now, and the guy goes, "Well, it was a coin flip between me taking the thirty million from Atlanta or the thirty <laughs> million from Chicago." And he going like, what? "What? What do you need to flip a coin for? <laughs> well, what is this all about?" Can like, you imagine, Joe, sick- when you're when you're playing, okay, and your agent goes, "Okay, Joe, here's what we have on the table, okay." A uh, total package of uh, ninety-two million dollars, uh, forty-six million fully guaranteed, uh, a, bo- a roster bonus of uh, five million dollars a year over four years, or whatever you're going. Nah, that's not enough. No, know, right. that's, I come I from. Mean, I'm, I'm tellin- with you, man.
3: <laughs> I come from that old school, like. If you show up at workouts, you get what? I'll be the first yeah, one please. there every day. You won't have to
4: worry. Film study. I thought they said Let's we'll give you, you $200, $200 a week to show up four days. <laughs> the room was the room was packed. You couldn't get in it. <laughs> oh, Stroke, This has been uh,
3: this has been great, Stroker. Can we do this again next week?
4: You, you might We can do it anytime you and want, again. man. Hey, listen, anytime you want. As the draft gets closer, you'll see more lies and more, you know, in the newspapers and <laughs> on the on the air. And now all of a sudden, this guy number three, the Detroit Lions, really love Tua. Yeah, yeah, right. Got, uh, they I got Stafford. They really love Kua, you know. <laughs> oh, Stroker. Stroker, thank you, brother. Take care Thanks. of yourself. Hey, guys. Listen, you have a great day. Hey, listen, stay
2: well, guys, okay? That right there is some really good stuff from Don Strzok. The guy is a raconteur, can tell some great stories, and Joe Rose knows how to... Pull those great stories out. Of course, you could always hear Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood. Those guys in the morning, weekdays from six to ten. Trust me, they're going to be up. They're going to be getting it going. Why you're going to be up that time? It's your business. Up next, not going to be minding our own business when Dan Levitard talks with Tiger Kings, Doc Antle. A classic as always. This is the best of the Joe Show. Back on the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past twenty four hours. I am Dan Day. He is Dan Lebitard. He is broadcasting from his apartment in South Beach. I would say that must be nice, but really nowadays, nice is a term, you know, it's muddy now. It's just muddy. But Dan Lebitard and the guys, for the past couple of days, they have had Tiger King's Doc Antle as a guest on the show. Doc Antle, I would think, would be in a very high demand right now because Tiger King is pretty much the hottest Thing going besides masks and toilet paper. Nonetheless, Doc Antle joins the show. Dan starts it out by playing hardball, not playing around. Then they move on to Doc Antle's experience working with The Undertaker, which has had WrestleMania. That's good. Also, what he liked about Tiger King and will Carol Baskin sue him?
5: Tiger King is the biggest thing on Netflix. Doc Antle is the real Tiger King uh, and he has joined us the last couple of days and I gotta be honest with you Doc, because I've been seduced by your obvious showman charms uh, the internet has buried me the last couple of days for being excessively chummy with you that I'm not being a real hard hitting journalist because I'm susceptible to your obvious charms so I'm going to start with a hard question here and just to play the internet to the angry masses did you kill tigers
6: of course not it's good enough for me genius. good talk good we're enough good. for me we're of good course not. You're, you're no <laughs> that's good enough
5: for me i did journalism there i'm feeling good about myself of course not we're friends now again what was it like to work with the undertaker
6: he was a super cool guy you know and he's a, he's an animal lover so that takes us right there to a place where he's just enthralled to be out there and he's fearless we put those big tigers there with him and his wife there with him, uh, Miss McCool, she was the same. They were just like, bring it on. We're ready. Get in the water. Swim along. Have that big tiger climb on them. They didn't uh, flinch at it. And they were really cool about doing that PSA, which is our thing called Save the Tiger, Save the World, which funds our international conservation work in Sumatra, where we're running our own ranger stations and have our own rangers chasing down poachers. What does that mean? Forgive my ignorance here. Save the Tiger, Save the World. It's an idea that the tiger sits at the very top of the food chain for all things. You know, it's the supreme predator up there if you're going to have healthy tigers you have to have a healthy environment you got to have clean air you've got to have super clean water you've got to have all the things from the field mice at the bottom to the big deer and stuff that eat at the top all living in a pristine environment or the tiger can't handle it he has to have the best of everything so we actually make the tigers have a great world everything around them has to be kept well too so it's just an environmental concept that if you have this umbrella species of the tiger in good shape, it covers everything else to be healthy as well.
5: Did you see a reporter, uh, American hero Doc Antle, with us on ESPN Radio? Did you see a reporter yesterday at Donald Trump's uh, pandemic press conference ask about pardoning Joe Exotic? Yes,
6: I saw that free Joe Exotic tag coming right up, blazed across. I had to have a dozen people send it to me immediately that, uh, that, that the press was getting a little bit of Tiger King action. He didn't seem to be too aware of it. I wish he would have said, yeah, I love the part where he wasn't quite there, but at least he uh, got brought into the conversation. Can you explain
5: to us, uh, because we've talked to, your, uh, to you about the objections you've had uh, to the Tiger King documentary. What did you like about it?
6: I mean, I thought that it, it just gave people, uh, introduction to the world of big cats to uh, uh, some degree. But the really good part of the show is that we all found out that Carol killed her husband. Um you know that's the part that the show did the best, right? Got that frickin' schnickin' frickin' rickin' chick took her downtown. It
5: gets me every time too. that's when he just says in. that when he no when he says it that flatly and and <laughs> with no warning. You, you never know you never know when it's gonna make an appearance um and so you had known for how long doc that carol had killed her husband before the world knew it and the documentarians knew it
6: i mean it's been 20 years that it is the vibe among zookeepers among conservationists educators people around the world that carol was in this strange position where her husband seemingly disappeared the guy's kids all stepped forward and were attacking her they all got cut out of the will This is a guy with, you know, 20 million bucks, seemingly has a great relationship with his kids. Somehow he disappears and all of a sudden the kids get cut out of the will and millions of dollars are at stake. And there's people that I know personally who said a gun was held to my head. That gun was put to my head and I was forced to sign the new will as though I was witnessing Don doing it. I know a lady who tells us that exactly. Big Cat uh, Rescue Watch, -watch bcrwatch.com, has a lot of that information and the actual photographs and pages and all that sensitive about what the heck happened when she killed her husband.
5: Wow, okay, that is, I believe, breaking news there, Stu God's Gun to your head accusation is not something that I had heard, uh, but you had a question uh, for Doc Antle about his relationship with the Tigers, right? I did not. do you feel like the Tigers
6: love you? I think that they become in a coalition with you. They make a relationship with you, which is natural for their own species, where they see you as equal in some capacity and allow you to be with them, and then they become very comfortable, and they always want to see you. If you walk with me through the preserve, you can see... 50 tigers rush up and lick my hands every time they see me. Give me a kiss. Rub my ears. Push their faces in and wait for me to scratch them. You know, just all day long every tiger I see has that because they've grown up with us and they're looking for this adventure. We have this beautiful big forested preserve and they know if we walk up and say, hey, you like your big forest that you're in but you want to see another forest? I'll open the door. You'll walk with me and they go on adventure. They love to look at the donkeys. They want to see the other tigers. They want to see the cheetahs that are out in places and they just want that action so they act so loving because their life is enriching with the relationship that you have with them the documentary suggestion
5: that you've denied on this show exclusively about the gas chamber uh when someone reports something in that vicinity do you consider legal action because you're hammering carol pretty well without fear and carol is uh very litigious i would be very afraid of
6: messing with carol in court Well, you know, it's the it's the whole insanity of the American judicial system and trying to say that someone has slandered you. It's damn near impossible to do. Show cause, where'd you lose the dollar? How could you have harmed the person? <clears throat> to prove that that took place is incredibly difficult. As she has been attacking me forever. She bought docantl.com. She took docantl.com and made it this giant lying cheating website. I went to court, I won it from her, and the court said, it's yours. And then she went and appealed it in her home little area there in Tampa, and the appeal was going to cost at least 150 k to get the appeal process through because she was going to fight it forever. Her uh, unique little husband there was gonna, is an attorney, was probably going to hold it up for her, and I just didn't want to spend the money. I had conservation issues and tigers to save around the world and didn't want to throw the money away at that. So it still pops up as uh, 911 animal abuse. Just another lying, cheating site that has every single person that ever touched a tiger except Carol Baskin she doesn't want to bring attention to herself because she killed her husband.
5: <laughs> Doc Cantil, he surprised us again. He, he, this monster did it twice. He's showing wow, off no. now. He did um, what do you mean? You're I, want, me. <laughs> I want I want some elaboration on the phrase unique little husband. I want uh, I want some elaboration there, please.
6: Hey, one of the best quotes I saw about it is: if a person wearing their socks with their sandals could come to life, that is Baskin's husband. He's he is a pair of socks, and sandals all by himself standing there. He is such a <laughs> – he's married to Carol. <laughs>
5: <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What were you going to you gonna say? You were going to say something. On, all right. Well, we'll say say it tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Doc, thank you for being on with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> Have
2: a great day, guys. Peace.
5: All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, how long are we going to be able to keep this up, guys?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, great first question by you, though.
2: I don't know about you, but that Doc Antle scares me. He's in a big, messy situation, but he's so smooth, and he makes you believe him. He's dangerous. I'm not worried about Joe Exotic. I can keep him at arm's length. Carol Baskin, arm's length. Doc Antle, I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you. And then I finish that up, and I go watch some Trailer Park Boys, and then I finish that up, and I go watch some Ozark, and then I finish that up, go to sleep, take walks. Ah, yes, indeed. Social distancing life. Hey, health, number one. Up next, my number one guys, Hawk and Crowder. They're going to be talking about my number one coach, Coach O. This is the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Spelled just like it sounds, all one word. D A N D A Y R A D I O. Sounds like the Mickey Mouse Club, sort of. Nonetheless, got a lot of good things going on. Nonetheless, if you are locked down, you could listen to Hawk and Crowder every day from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. They were doing it again earlier today. Crowder talking about how he might have missed out on millions, millions of dollars. Also, Coach O. Coach O, I understand every word he says. From Louisiana, though. LaFouche Parish. He is from LaFouche Parish. Just giving you a little insight right there. Coach O says, Keep it clean. Then MC Hammer jumps in the mix, and he does his part to help out during this pandemic.
1: Let's do this. I like the start to today's show. Thursday, Hockman and Crowder, loco hour. Lavaca. 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 He is Tua Tonga-Valoa's agent. Lee Steinberg is going to join me and Crowder in about 10 or 15 minutes here on the program. And we had Warren Moon on the show yesterday. Warren Moon. Uh, told a story about Lee Steinberg and and him showing up at your house when you... uh... Declared for the NFL draft, they wanted to sign you to the Steinberg agency. You chose no.
7: Yes, and Warren Moon said if I would have went with Lee Steinberg and himself, I would have got drafted higher. And it made me miss sleep last night because I missed out on millions going with Joel Siegel. That's what that's what Warren believes. I'm gonna ask Lee about it too. Lee, would I have made more money going with you? Warren Moon
1: flat out said yesterday you would have gone in the first round if you had allowed Lee Steinberg to be your agent. I I don't know if that's true or not. I, I, it's funny to me that agents can say whatever they want, and then if it works or it doesn't work, they can give you context as to why it did work or didn't work. It's a pretty uh, decent system for, right? Because yeah. Joel 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 Siegel could say to you, yeah, you were a fifth round pick until I got a hold. Like, you were easily going to drop to the fifth round, and you're very lucky. I saved you millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Like there's And yeah. there's no way to ever know.
7: Yeah, and then with the knee injuries and the arrests, what was Lee going to do with that. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna talk to him about it because yes, if I could have had ten more million dollars, I, I need some answers. I need answers.
1: <laughs> All right. So Lee Steinberg, we're gonna talk Tua to Tonga Valoa with him. There is a lot of news surrounding Tua. We are two weeks away from the draft. We are two weeks, two weeks from tonight is the NFL draft, and there is a ton of Tua news coming out, which I'm going to get to. And obviously, Lee can uh, he can uh, deny or uh, accept some of the stuff that has been reported over the last day or two. But I want 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 to get to some important stuff. One of the things that Crowder and I have taken very seriously during this pandemic, where uh, I'm broadcasting from my house and he's broadcasting from his house, is uh, our commitment to the community and our commitment to making sure everyone in South Florida that listens to us knows what's going on, knows how important, you know, uh, cleanliness and social distancing is and whatnot. And there's really no better way to get that across than Ed Orgeron, the uh, head coach at LSU. He is back at it again. He is joined this time by the LSU team doctor... Brent Bankston. This is one of the best back and forth question and answer sessions I've ever heard.
6: Hey, Doc, do you think we have football season? That's a good question, Coach. It depends on what we all do right now. It's essential that we all follow the CDC's and the government's recommendations regarding hand washing, social distancing, and staying at home. If we do that now, we can save the football season in the fall.
4: Our families, our staff, and our players are taking all precautions to stay healthy and help flatten the curve.
6: We can beat this, Coach, but it's going to take us all together right now to be safe and to be aware.
1: Thanks, Doc. Go us. All right. So there you go. Crowder and I now feel we have done our uh, community service for the day. We have given you that message. I honestly, the third thing that Coach Orgeron said in there, I literally didn't know what he was saying. I, I had to look at it several times to figure out what he was saying there. I had no idea. But if that's helping the people in Louisiana, God bless him, he is doing his part.
7: I want to see him do other things. I want to see him propose to his wife. I want to see him talk to a doctor about a health issue. I want, like He just seems like it, he'll do anything funny.
1: The, uh, just the way that he delivers it. Play it one more time. Uh, Ed Orgeron and the team physician. Hey, Doc, do you think we have football season?
6: That's a good question, Coach. It depends on what we all do right now. It's essential that we all follow the CDC's and the government's recommendations regarding hand-washing, social distancing, and staying at home. If we do that now, we can save the football season in the fall.
4: Our families, our staff, and our players are taking all precautions to stay healthy and help flatten the curve. That's where mean, I had no idea what he was
1: saying. Gather <laughs> right now to be safe <laughs> and to be aware. tag hey, hey, I think that was me. Who tag <laughs> Now, if you think that was tough to understand and was uh, difficult on the ears, I I follow, you know, DJ Irie. I had not followed MC Hammer on Twitter and I like MC Hammer. I'm, I'm, you know, his songs to me bangers and and bring back such memories. I mean, that dude was on top of the world. DJ Irie had tweeted out, uh, retweeted an MC Hammer video. It was Hammer tweeted out an old live performance and this was like several weeks ago and it was so funny friggin good that i started following mc hammer on twitter and then this morning he tweeted something i guess he's probably got a home studio he's an artist he's feeling a little bored and so i guess he wanted to create an uplifting song if you can call this a song about mm. the coronavirus pandemic and i i don't know what hammer was thinking here take a listen to this and we gotta do-
0: It's a matter of the heart The pandemic can't tear Our families apart Is angels in the sky No way in the world They let us all die Release your fears And thank God above For every day that we hear Even though it's going down Ain't no way we giving up Believe that Look around, look around
4: Now
7: he's
1: a singer now?
7: I, I don't know, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> he he hasn't made a song in forty years, and now he's bored.
1: But like, he's got auto tune work in there. He's he's like, he sounds like very earnest. He he's got the actual word pandemic in in yeah. the verse. Well, what's happening there? Tearing families apart. <laughs> I, like I
7: I've, I've I've heard a lot about it. I just you know I don't know if he went to, took the right approach with this. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to
1: you. I mean. Pumps and a bump. Do that. Yes. Too legit yeah. to quit. Do hey, that. Hey, give me some uplifting. Here comes a hammer. Uh yeah. oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Put- Pick up the hammer. Put me in the mix. Put
7: me I just put me
1: in the mix, oh, hammer. Oh, I don't oh, know oh, what happened oh. on that song. He said it's so a He's like, yeah, it's like so emotional and auto to Play the beginning of that. That's the only verse that I heard that he, like he tweeted it out this morning. I was like, wow, this is bad. Play it again. We
0: love ourselves and we got to do it better than anybody else. We ain't never been shook. We give yeah, we gave yeah, we give yeah, you took Huh? It's a matter of the heart The pandemic <laughs> can't tear Our families apart It's angels in the sky No way in the world They let us all die
1: the angels in the fears. sky No and way in the world They let us all die Yeah, yeah. Even it's oh, going Turn on down. the news, Hammer Ain't
0: no way we give giving up Believe that Look around, look
1: around. <laughs> Believe that
7: Look around Yeah, he, he, I think he tried the wrong genre
1: I don't know what happened. It's like, is this a love song? What is this? It's a banger?
2: No, man. I don't know if Hammer had to make that song, but Coach O definitely had to make that PSA. Coach O is true to life. I've met him many a times back when I was living in New Orleans and working at the radio stations that covered LSU. Covered him a lot. Talked to him at a lot of events. What you see is what you get. He is not putting on an act. When he's on, when he's off. When he's at home, exact same way. The dude is crazy good. You thought I was going to say crazy. No, 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 no. Crazy good. Hawk and Crowder, always crazy good. And lately, I've kind of been giving you some quarantine antidotes from my life. If you don't already know, I'm usually on with Hawk and Crowder from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. But lately, I have been having to fill in earlier in the mornings, which keeps me from being on the show. My girl, Jay Fig. She, well, she's not my girl, you know what I mean. My friend, Jay Fig, she's been filling in for me. She's doing a great job. Alejandro Solana, I miss him so much. But if you know anything about me, I live what you would call an interesting, eventful life. So I've been kind of telling you some stories, like a lot of people nowadays, what's going on in my life or something that I've done crazy in my life. I told you, Coach O and I, we've hung out a couple of times, not like, hey, come over to the house, have some drinks, but like at events and you know, through media when I was in South Louisiana for such... A long period of time but that's not the craziest thing i've ever done of course but let's talk about something i've done here in miami the other day walking down the street a woman asked me if i was looking for a friend i said no 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 no. because she wasn't asking me like you're looking for a friend i know it's lonely times or like religious outreach no she was asking more for the like pay for your friends and i'm not talking about fraternities and sororities No, 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 no. That is not safe social distancing. That is not safe social legalization. No, no. So nowadays, be very careful when someone from the opposite or even the same sex says, Looking for a friend? Yeah. Got to avoid those people. So I did. I said, nope, 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 nope. Just kind of kept walking. Nope, 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 nope. Social distancing. Nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm, hmm If you want to follow me on Twitter one more time, it's at Dan Day Radio tomorrow. I'll be back right here at 6 o'clock, as I usually am, on 560 The Joe with the best of The Joe Show. Remember, you can download the podcast for this one or any of the ones you hear on 560 the Joe. Wherever you get your podcast, for free, radio.com app, which is free, and free at our website, wqam.com. Take care of yourself. I am Dan Day, and this has been the Best of the Joe Show. Later, Slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
0: 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible
1: trade in when you switch.